You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Run It Back. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Run It Back. I am your host, Jasmine Halliburton. And then join with me for another week is none other than Sophie Dilly. Sophie, thank you so much for coming back on the show with me. I know you've been feeling a little bit under the weather the last couple of weeks, so I'm really glad you're you're feeling better. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. You know, I feel like everyone's sick right now, but um, I have my voice back, which is the most important part. So we're ready to roll. All right, Sophie. So I know you weren't you weren't on last week, but last week I was talking about how I don't think I can go another game with being completely and utterly filled with stress. And foolishly, I thought that was going to end with Yayoka Lee back at Ames, Iowa against Iowa State. And I say foolishly because I didn't feel no better. I like I still felt like a giant, complete ball of utter stress and panic with going through my entire body head to toe. And Yoki didn't fix that. Yoki didn't fix that. It was it was foolish. To, it was foolish of me to think that all of K State's problems would simply just vanish as soon as Yoki would come back. Because that's the that's what we thought would happen. The team that was pre Yoki injury to the team that was without Yoki, obviously two different teams. We understand that. And I thought, like I said foolishly, that it would be like oh. Like nothing ever happened. As as soon as soon as first game back, we were hoping she was right on the money on when she would be coming back. And I thought I would feel so much better. But a part of me was smidging not a whole lot. Because obviously you have to ease you have to ease back into this. And easing back into a game against Iowa State of all people. Uh, maybe it was like I said, it was a little bit optimistic of me to think that, but it was a game that was obviously stressful, like I will say time and time again, because damn it, man, it was. K-State ended up losing 93-96 to in double overtime. Jesus, Lord, have mercy. Double overtime in Ames, Iowa. The most points we scored literally, I think, all, well, not all season, but the most points we scored in once. How about that? In once. 93-96. Obviously, most points we've ever given up all season in 96 to Iowa State, but I'm like... Sophie, I'm tired of feeling so damn stressed every time I watch this team now. I really am. There's not a moment of peace when I'm watching them. And I miss having peace because they're the most peaceful thing in the entire town. On the entire state of Kansas, they were the most peaceful team. But now I can't get nothing, Sophie. Um, yeah, well, we know that our men's team is always chaos. They've played six or seven overtime games just this season. So, I mean, watching them is always stressful. K-State, I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about the differences with Yoki, without Yoki, her coming back. Because Iowa State is a tough game, whether we have her or not, right? It feels like a trap game. And it's it's hard because we've lost three of our last four. And that doesn't feel great. But I have to remember that every good team does go through these things. It's hard to have this perfect season. In college basketball, with how long it is, they've been playing since November, and it's February, and that's that's just a lot to expect, right, for them to have a per- perfect season. Um, but it was a hard game to watch. I actually watched it 
from a restaurant because it was Valentine's Day. So um, we were out, but luckily my boyfriend is also a K-State fan and is very understanding. And we were able to watch it, listen to it on the radio, got the bits and pieces of it. But um, yeah, it was it was a really tough loss to swallow. I wish it could have come down to one possession, you know, but what do you do in the end? It's hard to win at Hilton. That's men and women. That is a really, really hard place to play. And it's like, and I understand, because like once I like reading off the stats, but having Yoki back, don't get me wrong. I am not ungrateful to like, for, to Yoki not like being here and everything like that. That's not the case. She ended the game with 20 points and six rebounds and oh, we asked seven blocks. Like, <laughs> like, <we're trying. laughs> okay, like, that's, like that is ridiculous first and foremost. First game back in what, four weeks after having ankle surgery, by the way, whole, whole ass surgery, okay? First game back, 26 of seven blocks, all right? Without without Yoki, that game would not have gone to overtime. Let's yeah. be frank. Let's be real, all right? I'm Like I said, I am not trying to sound ungrateful, but I I, I'm tr- I promise I'm not trying to sound ungrateful. Then, you know, of course, you have Serena Sundell, who's been pretty much the biggest bright spot in these last few weeks without Yoki. She ended the game with 20 points. Uh, see, one block of steal and three rebounds. Then you had Riley Glenn with 14. Gabby Gregory, nice to see her. In the scoring column, she had 13. Uh, Jalen Glenn with seven. Gisela Sanchez with 10. Taryn Sides, also nice to see her back on the floor. We haven't seen her a whole lot. I'm not sure what the issue was there. She might have been injured. Not sure. She ended the game with five. Zaina Walker, she had four. A little bit below her, what her typical off-the-bench average might be, but she had four in that game. And then that that's what that was. It was a game that they actually saw themselves down, what, at, at most, what, 13, I think? And it was, yeah, it was like they were they were down by a bit, and that was part of like, ah, uh, yeah, the y- Yoki, unfortunately, didn't fix. And obviously her minutes were really, like, strategic because you don't want her to play as many minutes as she did coming off of injury but obviously she was forced to play so many minutes she ended up playing 33 minutes because that game did go into overtime but K-State was able to find themselves bouncing back against Iowa State like we understand Iowa State is a really good team they're a really good offensive team that we literally can can see they ended the game shooting what 41.8 percent from the field hey oh oh 47.4 percent from three uh, I know last week I was reading off some stats um, about K-State's uh, three-point defense, or yeah, three-point percentage defense. Uh, they were top 10, and they they kind of dropped in that, I want to say, oh gosh, I'd have to find it. They dropped a couple spots in, like, in the in nationally where they are, because normally they'd average, like, opponents would average 21.7% from three. Last week against Oklahoma State, Oklahoma State shot 52.4%. Then next game out, Iowa State, a very much better three-point shooting team. Oklahoma State just got hot at the wrong damn time for us. Uh, but Oak, Iowa State, they shot 47.4% from three. That was really the kicker, essentially, in the in K-State's losing and giving up the most points that they've had all season. But despite all of that, they're still able to climb out of a 13, like a 13-point deficit hole and you get it to overtime and things like that and then that's when things kind of just spiral just a smidge I know freshman Audie Crooks who's making her name for herself in the Big 12 uh, as a post player she ended the game with 20 points and nine rebounds someone that Aoka Lee was primarily on in the few minutes that she did play and it was at that time Sophie where K-State was able to fight back 
close in, they boom, force overtime, boom, force double overtime. And it was kind of that game to where who because Yoking had four fouls, Audie Crooks had four fouls at the time, like through I think throughout both overtimes, I want to say. And it was whoever's post player would foul out first would essentially win the game. And that seemed like what was going to happen. They were literally just trading buckets, right? But then I found out, because I was wondering, like, why didn't we see Yoki a whole lot in the second overtime? I found out at the start of this game uh, um, against UCF that she uh, twisted her ankle in that game. So that's why we didn't see much of her, and that's why things started to get a little bit out of hand in the latter half of the second overtime. So where all we had to do was send Iowa State to the free throw line and hope that they missed, and they did it. That's essentially, in a nutshell, what happened with this Iowa State game. They they fought back. They did. They could have ended it out on the free throw line towards the end of the, towards the end of the fourth quarter. I want to say, but it's just, it's just you know, it hurts. It just really hurts. Yeah, there were so many opportunities to win this game, which is what's frustrating. And when it comes down to one possession, you start to question everything. Like we missed this layup. We missed these three free throws. We could have won if we would have made those. You can't do that to yourself. I think everyone does that, but you can't start thinking about things like that because you'll just get incredibly frustrated. But this game gives me hope. And I know that sounds really, really strange, but the fact that we came back um, from such a deficit against a very tough team in their home court, we were on the road. The way that we did it, we forced two overtimes. That's really, really difficult to do. So while I wish we could have walked away with a win in this one, this game does give me some sort of hope. And the other thing that we need to remember, that our team needs to remember, the fans, is that Aoka Lee is not the only thing about this team, right? And that's what I almost liked about when she got hurt was the fact that we were like, wait a second, it's okay. We don't need to rely on her to score all of our points. We need to figure out a way to play without her. And then I feel like we almost were like, oh my gosh, she's back. She needs to be the center of everything. And it's like, hang on a second. We can still play without her and we need to you know, play with the dynamic that we were playing with before she got hurt, where we were spreading the ball around a little bit more. I would like to see us adjust just a little bit better to the situation that we're in right now, because it's feeling like two years ago, you know, when it was like Aoka Lee was the only thing positive about a team. And that's just not true because we have so many players that can do so many great things. And we're seeing that. And like you mentioned, we saw some players that we haven't seen a lot from lately, and that's exciting. Gabby Gregory, Gisela Sanchez, Karen Sides. Players are on the come up right now, and some players are peaking right now at the best time, and so we just need to continue to roll with that, and really, we're going to be fine. There's just not a reason to hit the panic button. Yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely don't think there's a reason to hit the panic button. I know, like, I I know a couple weeks ago, I was like, boom, I think we got the Big 12 on lock. Uh, one seed... I'm very confident we get the one seat. Obviously, that's not been the case, essentially, because of uh, Yoki's injury and then having these losses to, what, Oklahoma, then to Texas, and then, um, gosh, who else am I missing right now? Iowa State. <laughs> I think that, that might be it. Those are the only three we've had as of late. Of course, Iowa at the beginning, but... Yeah, yeah, that's like that, that's all it. But it's just like, you know, in that stretch, I you know... Started out ranked second in the country. Right now, I think we're ranked 10. I want to say. I think I saw that post today that K-State's currently ranked 10. But obviously, things things ain't done yet. We are There's like a three-way tie in the Big 12 right now between us, Texas, and West Virginia, right? With Oklahoma mm-hmm. 
we do the Big 12 by literally a single game, okay? And depending on who's able to knock out Oklahoma, because I think they lost to uh, West Virginia this past week. Up next, Oklahoma has Cincinnati. Uh, I'm not confident that Cincinnati will do us a solid and lose, <laughs> but you know what? We'll see. You never know in the Big 12, but it's just one of those things you got to keep on looking out for. But Casey has an ample amount of chances. If Even if they don't come out on top in the Big 12 here, you still have the Big 12 tournament, especially if you expect a healthy Aoka Lee or at least healthier Aoka Lee. I think that would be a really good chance for us to come away with a postseason title then. And so there's still like a lot, a lot of opportunity is still there. We still have what, how many, how many games left this season? Whereas we have, let's see. I think there's West, five. Yeah, West Virginia, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas. Okay, so four, so four, four games left. And then obviously you go into postseason with the Big 12 tournament. That could be up to however many games, depending how optimistic that we are when we're heading in there. I don't want to jinx anything, right? But four, <laughs> but four games left before we're heading into postseason play as far as March Madness does go. So there's a lot, there's a lot of opportunity to really for them to get that ball back rolling again, to know, be like, hey, all of our offensive doesn't have to run through Yoki, even though they had the most success with it. But I know their defense, they're going to have a lot more confidence defensively, even though they've still been a really top defensive team, even in her absence. But even when she's there, I'm telling you, I feel like there's going to be a no, not, not a lot of the teams are going to be shooting over 50% from three like Oklahoma State did or 47% from three like Iowa State did when, right. when they get that session going on the defensive end as well. So there's hope. There's hope, all right? Mm-hmm. And I know after the spring women keep talking about K-State women's basketball and about UCF, another game where they just love to stress us the hell out. All right, we're going to talk about that up next. But first, HomeDealApparel.com, please. Y'all know what it is. Get your shirts, get your hoodies, get whatever you think you might need for K-State or any other school because they, they have it all. HomeDealApparel.com, hit them up, and we'll be right back on Run It Back. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. ACSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know you need protein to fuel results, but it's not easy when you're drinking the same bland chalky shake every day. Stop punishing yourself and get to GNC for the best protein in the game. 
including all the hottest brands and crave-worthy flavors that'll keep you coming back for more. We're talking protein that legit tastes like cookies, your favorite cereals, indulgent desserts, and more. So bust out of your protein rut and actually look forward to those shakes with unbeatable protein at unbeatable prices. Fuel your fitness with protein at GNC. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, y'all. Welcome back to Running Back. In the first half, we talked about K State in their second, in their two overtime, yeah, double overtime loss. There we go to Iowa State. And you know, anything could have gone this way, anything could have gone that way. I know there is a little bit of questionable calls towards the end of those overtimes. And a lot of questionable non-calls in the end of those overtimes. I'll honestly say it seems like the refs did not want to blow whistles on Yoki or Audie Crooks in in the especially in overtime. Both of them got away with a whole lot of stuff, but then everybody else, it was just kind of a free for all. Okay, we get that. Ain't Jack Diddley squat, we can do about that. What's done is done. Gonna have that game in the rearview mirror. So now they look ahead to UCF and boom to our surprise. Yoki was not playing. I was worried for a second. Then they said on there that she sprained her ankle in that overtime loss. So they're just going to give her some rest. And I don't think they said anything else about her being gone for a couple more weeks or it being bad. I wasn't there, so I don't know if she was wearing a boot or not, but I was just seeing her on TV walk around and it's and she seemed okay. So hopefully that she'll be good for West Virginia, which is going to be a really another tough team that we're going to have to play. But UCF, K-State, UCF was actually a really tough team that they played towards the beginning of conference play. One of the tougher opponents uh, that they played at that time, at least in my opinion, like watching it on my couch, I'm like, UCF, it's a really tough team that they have, that they played then. And they're still a tough team on Saturday. right? But of course, game without Yoki. And this looked like every single other game without, without Yoki, essentially. But it was one of these games to where like, ah, yes. Welcome, like, welcome back, Eliza Moppin. I'm glad to see you get some more of these minutes. And welcome back, Xana Walker, from really creating your own shot off the triple and really, really making yourself a complete weapon, which we already knew she was. We are, we already knew she was coming off the bench, sixth woman of the year in the Big 12. I think she might be leading that category if she's not already, and she very well should be. Right? She is the game with ten points and five boards, two steals. All right, four and four assists. Let me let me not forget that. Boom, with four assists as well to only one turnover. Now, this is what I'm talking about is a fairly complete game from Zayana Walker, and that's what we love to see, right? And then, of course, Eliza Moppin, she had a hot start early. I think she scored, what, like 10 of K-State's first 12 points of the game? If I'm not mistaken, she, she was on one, and she was on one from the jump also. Coming off the bench, finished the game 15 points and the 11 rebounds. I think this might be her third double-double, I uh, think, of her career. I don't think for the season. I'm not really too sure. Either way, Eliza got a double-double in her back pocket from this game, all right? And then Serena Sundell finishing the game with 10. Gabby Gregory leading score. You love to see it. 19 points, 7 rebounds with 
one block and one steal. All right. That's good. That's great. That's a great stat line. But once again, it was one of those really stressful games to where I, Jasmine Halliburton, who asked for peace and did not get it. Casey ended up in this game 60 to 58. Casey, I think, led as much as what, 10, 11 points, I want to say, somewhere around there. And then they were starting to give up a. I wouldn't say they were starting to give up really like baskets. There was like a three ball that went in, but they called a charge against Serena Sundell, which was mad stupid to call. I get. And then towards the end of the game where I think it was like a six point ball game with like a under, under two minutes left. Eliza Moppin, she actually did a really fantastic move off the dribble spin move to get a basket. They waved it off and called it a travel. And I'm like, look here, bro. K-State literally had this game. They were in the driver's seat of this game, but a few things here and there just did not go their way as far as calls and as far as just baskets, like almost getting in, but then rattling out. And then you had, what? what's her name? Caitlin Peterson, who was probably the best guard in the Big 12 right now, who ended up with 26 points in that game, just went down with a head of, with a head of steam to either get a layup or either go to the free throw line. And that essentially is what made this game so damn stressful, especially at the end of it. But it was just one of those games where you're happy to see the bench players be exactly who we, we thought they could be and who we've seen them be with Diana Walker and Eliza Moppin. Right. And one of the biggest stats to me is that we did get 25 points off the bench, obviously from two players alone, which is insane. Um, but without Aoka Lee, we need players coming off the bench and scoring. And so 25 bench points, is a very satisfying number. Something that's not so satisfying is the fact that we only had six second chance points. I didn't love our offensive rebounding in this game, but I think we have to talk about the elephant in the room. And this one has, we've noticed it for a few games. Ever since we started to look a little bit shaky, I feel like we haven't been able to make a three-point shot. Like, we just cannot hit outside shots. And it's felt like that for three weeks. And it's like, when are we going to get hot from behind the arc again because that hasn't been an issue and we've been scoring a lot of points and then all of a sudden we go two for 15 two we hit two that's bad jasmine that's bad and then we only hit 12 of our 22 free throws i mean that's that's basically one for two that's those are those are percentages that just can't happen and if we're looking at march and we're looking at big 12 tournament those are numbers that have to improve but the thing is we know that we can improve those I'm not, I'm not saying those are easy fixes, but I'm saying those are very fixable numbers. Those are things we were doing before that we just have to start doing again. Talk to them. See, it was one of the, because honestly, when I was watching the game, like a part of me thought like, dang, I barely noticed that. Like we've missed, like we've missed 10 free throws. I know there was a moment where I think um, Serena Sundell, who was, was a really good free throw shooter last year. I think all around everybody's free throw percentage is down this season. And in another moment late in the game where she got fouled um, under the basket going like going for a layup and she missed both of them, giving the opportunity for UCF to go down, and I think ended up tying the game. Yeah, they were like, I think, yeah, we were up two. Oh, uh, yeah, we were up two and made one of them. It would have been three-point game, whichever. Both of them, four-point game. It was under 20 seconds left. There's a chance to once again ice this game out, and she ended up missing both free throws. Eliza Moppin, she started out the game really well from the free throw line, but then started to get a little shaky towards the fourth quarter where a lot of these free throws came up. 
uh, Gabby Gregory. I think she missed an and one, like an and one um, opportunity, a three point play opportunity as well. And Sophie, like you said, two for two for fifteen. But it's just like these these are fixable things. Like we be like it's it hasn't been like the percentages has not been this low, especially since like the start of the season. We know they can shoot. We know Jalen Glenn can shoot. We know Serena Sundell can shoot. We know hell, we know Gabby can shoot. It's just been one of those one of those off seasons for her in the free throw line, especially for all the other players. Like yo, it it can be fixed. It like it really really can be fixed because once once we do get into March, like like you said, like if this continues, which I don't think that it will. Don't get me wrong, but if this continues, I don't think we'd be able to get past the round of thirty two. Like. I, I I truly, truly don't think that. I don't know if we'll even get to the one seed again in these next few games. Hell, we might. Everything might be super chaotic in, in the top 25 the next few weeks, and I'd be all for that. But I don't know if we'll be able to get that uh, that first seed. We might be able to get right now. We might be able to get maybe a three seed or like a, a three or four seed at the moment. If, if everything was shut down today, I think we'd probably get a three or four seed. Uh, but obviously that, of course, depends on how things go in the conference tournament as well. But at, at the moment, I think we get a you know, 3-4 seed, and that's what you really want. Top 16, uh, or it's, uh, top 16 seeds, essentially, or I don't know, I think was it top? One of those seeds, essentially, where you can get two home games. And yeah. I, think, I think that I think K-State can do that. Uh, yeah, top 16 hosts the two, first two rounds. Yep. All right, so that's that's what I think that we can do. I'm not necessarily worried about that. But these are two things that you got to tighten up. Got to really, really tighten up is those free throws and those three-point percentage, which I understand. And I know offense hasn't necessarily been this team's strong suit even before Yoki got hurt. It's just It just wasn't one of their things. But defensively, which has really gone down the past few weeks, especially 1v1 defense. That's why they had to rely so much on on their zone defense, which we haven't seen a whole lot this season before Yoko got hurt. You know, that's kind of put us in some precarious positions as far as other teams' three-point percentages going up because if you watched, um, or we talked about it, or at least on my show I talked about it last week against Oklahoma State, who was not a good three-point shooting team necessarily, but decided to just light the hell up on us at Bramlage, but they were playing a lot of two three zone then because what are we doing? We're needing to double whoever is in the post because we're obviously small in that position now. And what is those skip passes across the across the court do? And are in the help side defense doesn't get there quite fast enough. And what is that essentially a wide open three point shot? That's essentially how Oklahoma State was able to get us hella nervous last week. And pretty much the same thing against UCF this past weekend. But we were just lucky that they couldn't make a three-point shot either, to be honest with you. Uh, they ended the game shooting three of 20, but they had a lot of wide-open looks uh, when uh, Jalen Glenn wasn't wreaking havoc in that zone. And, yeah, I think she ended the game with seven steals, but when she wasn't up there, when they had other skip passes, they were getting damn good looks. And so we kind of got lucky in, in this case scenario with that too. Right, and one of the things we do so well on defense is we force the turnovers. UCF had 19 turnovers, and in turn, we were able to have 14 fast break points. So that's something that we did a nice job of. We did a good job of capitalizing on the turnovers that we were creating. Seven steals is an insane number in a game. Like, that's a mind-blowing number. And Jalen, she struggled offensively this game. Iowa State, we haven't seen her like we did in the first half of the season. 
But again, we're just to the point where there's a couple benchmarks that I would really love for us to hit. Like, one of them is hosting. I mean, that would be insane. Like, I'm probably never going to go to March Madness games in my life unless I have, like, a bag to drop or I become some crazy broadcaster. And so the opportunity to host one and be able to come to it as a K-State student is probably the only shot I'll ever get men's or women's. And so that's a super cool opportunity. They would thrive in Bramlage because the environment on Saturday was insane with the doubleheader. It was so much fun. Um, and then I I would love for us to win the Big 12. I really, really want that banner in Bramlage. And that's going to be hard. But we can win out. We need to win out and we can. And that's a little bit of pressure on the team. But I think they're ready for it because at this point, we're we're finding a way to win even with our struggles. We saw that on Saturday. We found a way to win and they just don't need to panic because they're capable of doing these things. And again, the biggest things to fix are just, I think, our offense, just trying to find a little bit more of that groove. I mean, Serena Sundell didn't take an outside shot against UCF, which is because everyone knows she's so good. She's getting double teamed. Um, it's just really hard for her to find open looks. But the fact that she did not even attempt a shot is wild to me. Gabby Gregory was one for eight. You know, I mean, she still had a ton of points from driving into the paint and from the free throw line, but one for eight? Like, you know, if we can connect a little bit more on those outside shots, we're we're going to be in such better shape at this point. And I mean, th- these things are possible. It's possible for us to win the Big 12. I don't know. Um white people are so worried about that because we can win it in the regular season if things go a little bit differently in terms of standings and then we can also go into Kansas City and win the tournament I don't have a doubt in my mind that that is in our wheelhouse but there just has to be some minor tweaks made to this team in order to do so absolutely I'm trying to figure out when the last time K-State won the big 12 uh I think 2000 2008 2008, I think, was, yeah, the last time K-State has won a Big 12 championship, obviously because Baylor has literally been in the driver's seat for the last however many years. Um, when, since they were having Kim Mulkey, and of course since she's gone, their reign has not been as supreme, and it's literally been anybody's league up to that point. Obviously, you've seen the growth of Texas over the years as well. So it was essentially Baylor, Texas, everybody else from time to time, whoever wants to battle it out for second place behind Baylor right of course in the last few years we've seen a team other than Baylor win the Big 12 we've seen Iowa State do we've seen Oklahoma do it and everything like that and so we, like the opportunity is there for K-State to, to to win out to win be regular season conference champions like I said we need some we need some rough luck from Oklahoma side to really happen because it's like losing like um, losing to them on the road after going one and one with them on the season and then things after that that's why it's gonna they're gonna really need to lock in like you said Sophie, you don't want to really put like so much pressure on them to do so I don't even know if that's a consistent conversation uh that Jeff Biddy has with his players I know when I talked to him before like they don't look at the rankings they don't they don't look at what number is in front of and that was in front of their name but as far as like winning the big 12 I don't I don't I don't know if he talks about that he probably he probably does and he probably just be like watch film this is what we're going to do. Draw the plays. Y'all go out there and do them. All right. That's probably as, as much as he's going to do anything outside noise, such as winning the Big 12. He might he might not talk about it, but that's why we're here. Okay. <laughs> like to to talk about it. And it's going to start with K-State playing West Virginia. That's, that's going to be in, in Bramless. This is a, 
this is going to be tough. This is going to be a very low-scoring game, Sophie. Like, K-State and West Virginia are the two best defensive teams in the Big 12. Uh, let me pull up the numbers. K-State opponents, they are held to 50, 56 points a game on average. West Virginia, they hold their opponents 56.6 points per game on average. So you can, you literally, you can't be any more even, essentially. Yeah. And West Virginia, I think their their record, they have one less loss than we do. We're 22 and four, they're 22 and three. This literally might be the toughest team that we play. And I don't know, and we did play Texas twice. This 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 might be the same. And that does that does worry me, but it would worry me a lot less if Yoki's going to be able to play this game and at least give us 25 minutes. And I think, yeah, uh, I know Eliza Moffin, she does her best when there's not like a big body uh, post player that she has to go up against, per se. If it's another, you know, a, a player that could play the four and just sometimes play the five, essentially. I think that's where she thrives the most, where we've seen that. If it is, you know, a more big body defender, that's where hopefully Yoki can be able to slow them down. Like I said, I'm not asking her to just carry the load because that would be so unfair of me, especially after she's missed the last few weeks and still kind of limping and sprained ankle and everything. I'm not asking her to do that at all. But if 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 though if those I'm like I think it's going to go down between Yoki and Eliza Moppin being big being those two to have the chance to really be able to get this win against against West Virginia, especially because of how how well they do defensively and their perimeter defenders. I think those two right there is that's going to be the catalyst on, on what could get us a win. And I mean, if there's going to be a game where we need to break out offensively, it's got to be this one because you said it. They're, they're such great defenders. And so if we get looks on outside shots, we have got to make them. We can't go two for 15 because we're not even going to have 15 looks. You know, we need to go like five for 10 theoretically right like that'd be pretty pretty awesome and for me I would be worried about this game if it was on the road I'm still apprehensive I'm still a little bit nervous but I would be willing to bet most of my bank account which isn't that much money that um we go undefeated at home I don't think we lose in Bramlage this year and I that might be a, a bold take but I just don't I don't think we lose in Bramlage this year and so this game being at home gives me a lot of hope. It's going to be Wednesday. It might be a little bit more sparse than these Saturday games have been, but I guarantee these fans still come out. I'm expecting, you know, eight, 9,000 in Bramlage, which is a pretty awesome environment for these girls to play in. And I'm just, I'm very excited for it because it's going to be another really, really fun night of basketball. But Jasmine, it's probably going to be stressful. I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to be easy on the on the blood pressure at all. Uh, I know, I know. It, I might as well just sit my behind down somewhere and stop being ridiculous, asking for a non-stressful outing. That it, it would, it would really be dumb of me to at, to ask that publicly again. I can't do it because I don't. Apparently, I don't deserve it. <laughs> like I don't, I don't deserve peace. Apparently, but if they still end up winning, fine. I will have however many heart attacks I need to have if they still end up on top. Okay, I think that's a fair enough give and take. But we have, and so be you're right, the home, it, it, finger, fingers crossed. There is four games left. Two of them are at home against two very, very tough opponents in West Virginia, who's ranked, what, 23rd right now. And then Iowa State get to run that back with them. So, is it an easy task? 
Hell no. No, it is not. What a, what about this season has been damned easy and not a single bit of it. All right. We understand that. And then they go to Kansas after West Virginia. I'm still not sleeping on them either. I know it hasn't been like the season that I think a lot of them would have thought necessarily because I think they were what projected third in the Big 12. Uh, right now they are as the thing is loading. Yeah, right now they are Jesus, Lord have mercy, computer. Uh, they're actually, yeah, tied. Actually, no, it's uh, they're in third place in the Big 12. So essentially, sure, but there's also a three-way tie for second place. So that's why they're at where they're at. They're at eight and six in conference play. So I'm not sleeping on them either. I know last time we played them, we didn't have Yoki. They didn't have Tyana Jackson. So things are like, obviously, it's going to be a little bit different. And once again, it's another game on the road. So you never really know. And then they end the season out with Texas Tech. So I'm not, like I said, I'm not I'm not tripping. And looking at it right now, Nick, who is a KU fan and alum, he said KU is hot right now and they have won five in a row. So thank you for making me feel better, Nicholas. But anywho... That is, that, is, that is what that is, right? And so a lot of teams have a lot of chance to make a lot of damn noise in the next couple yeah. weeks. Like I said, the the standing in the next 25, not too sure how that's shaking out right now. A lot of things change and things are going to get even more crazy once, I, once again that uh, conference tournaments are going to be coming up literally within the next couple weeks. So things are going to be hectic. This is the part of this is the part of college basketball that I think everyone really, really loves. It's the basketball that goes on in February, January, February. That's where things start to get tight. That's where things start to get a little bit fun. Unless you're just an avid basketball fan and not the fan of a team who's really, really good but always stresses you out, just like us. But it's just I just need to take a breath, Sophie. That's all. I just been all right i like you can tell i'm panicking in my voice but i'm glad that you're a little bit more cool calm and collected no it's a it's we have four games left in the regular season i'm looking at these four games very objectively um yeah ku is going to be tough but what i like about our schedule this year because we've added new teams so we don't play everyone twice right but the teams that we've lost to we play them all twice so we've already beat um texas once and we beat oklahoma once we have the opportunity to be Iowa State, um, and then as long as we win against West Virginia and Texas Tech, then we will have beat everyone in the Big 12. And knowing that we have won over every single other opponent in our conference is a really cool leg up going into the tournament. We've seen everyone. We know we're capable of beating them, right? And so if we can just, I really want to get back at Iowa State. That one's really important to me, and the West Virginia one as well. Um, and so if we can just win out, oh, I'm going to feel so good. I'm going to feel so great if we win these next four games because ending a regular season, well, would that make us 26 and four? four a four loss season? I, who can be mad at that? That's insane. Like, still, even looking at the, it's like, oh my gosh, we've lost three of our last four. We've only lost four games this entire season. That is not very many games that we have lost at all and so I mean who can be upset with that right so it's nerve-wracking it's exciting but you're right we are in the best part of our season right now and it's going to be stressful it's going to be so much fun and as a major major basketball fan I'm just I'm ready to get into it goodness I am too I really wish I can go to these next four games 
And if by the grace of God, I can go to any of the games in Kansas City for the tournament or hell, if I can even go to games where we host uh, for March Madness, I would love that. But they always play on days that I am working. So we're going to hope for the best. We're going to hope for the best because I still need, I really want to go see a game before this season ends. Okay. But Sophie, you, you're confident in this team. I have no reason not to be confident in this team. We've seen them at their best. We've seen them at their lowest and still literally push teams to the brink. You know what I mean? So, like, there's really no reason for me to be absolutely worried. And I don't think there's any reason for you guys to be absolutely worried. Because we still got four games left. We still got a, everybody else This part of the schedule is going to be hectic. Everybody going to be nervous. Everybody going to be sweating. So, what's a little bit of chaos? And especially if that chaos can work in our favor no matter how anything goes, right? But now, we just got to sit back. Got to wait and see. We can't get too far ahead because we still got to go up against a tough opponent in West Virginia on Wednesday, that game's going to be at 6.30 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. So if y'all not there, like me, watch it on TV. Do the best you can, all right? Just pour you a drink, however, however, whatever you need to do to get through it, and that's what you're going to do. But until then, that's all for running back. Sophie, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. I truly, truly appreciate it, and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.